Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And this podcast is titled Upcoming Films 2013. It's um, beginning of January. We've got a full year of films ahead of us. It's going to be an exciting year. We've uh, done a couple of other podcasts like this. You'll find them at www.podmeifyoucan.com. And in those ones, we've talked about films we're looking forward to. Not all of those have even come out yet at this stage. Um, like, for example, Oz the Great and Powerful, the sort of prequel to The Wizard of Oz. I think it's out in March 2013. So um, That looks fantastic, yeah. Yeah, there's a few films like that from those other podcasts. If you're interested, you can head back and listen to those um, available at the website. Uh, we're going to get into five films each again. That seems to be the pattern on these ones, of um, ones that we're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And I know that we're both really looking forward to Grown Ups 2, the Adam Sandler sequel, which has already been shot. I haven't seen Grown Ups 1. Ugh. I'm afraid I'll like it. It's one of those things I've heard, <laughs> oh, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> we're being sarcastic, by the way. We're also really looking forward to One Direction 3D concert mo- movie, you know, just uh, like the Glee musical. <laughs> one of those. Lloyd's got a 3D TV now, so he, he just needs to I'm find... waiting for the Katy Perry one to release. <laughs> That's out. Yeah. yeah, it's out. You I'm can, waiting for the 3D version. You just, want it for, you just wanted it for Christmas. Nobody gave it. You know, so. Anyway, I'll take the first one. Sure. Some people may have seen a film called Primer several years ago. It's this really interesting film. I won't ruin it, but I'll give you a little synopsis. It was about a couple of guys who discovered um, basically an invention... They make this box, and whatever they put into the box comes out really mouldy, um, like it's been in there a long time and sort of, you know, really worse for wear. And they discovered they could create a vacuum in which time was different and uh, manipulate time. And uh, so Primer became this really interesting film in, you know, cinematic scenes um, you know, at the Sundance Film Festival. Sure. And the director, Shane uh, Carruth, Carruth? Yeah. Not sure how to pronounce it, but... He has his second film coming out in 2013. It is called Upstream Color. And uh, if you look at it on IMDb, characters' names are words like sample and sampler, and it has this really interesting kind of vibe to it. Um, On our Facebook page, that's actually the picture that will be up to associate with this podcast. Though if you search in Google, you can find the images that have been released for this film. Um, It is the first film he's directed since making Primer back in 2004, So it's been a long wait for fans of his. And uh, the synopsis is available, so here it is. It was in the Sundance announcement, so it'll be playing at Sundance Film Festival. A man and woman are drawn together, entangled in the life cycle of an ageless organism. Identity becomes an illusion as they struggle to assemble the loose fragments of wrecked lives. So already, very complicated, based on just the synopsis. Man and woman, ageless organism, you know... Um, And from a report, it was mentioned that the title Upstream Colour might be referring to an esoteric biopharmaceutical term that describes impurities present early in the processing manufacture of a chemical. Wow, okay. So it's a very complicated title. It's a complicated subject matter. Yeah. But the first film, cult film, Primer, like you'd be looking forward to seeing what he does next. And this is it, Upstream Colour. Um... I don't know much about this, and nobody does, and that's the beauty, is that it's going to find its audience based on how interesting and intriguing stuff the like subject this matter is. is, yeah. Because it was the same with Primer. People didn't originally know what they were making and how it affects them and how Primer plays out is so interesting. 
and the way that um, I'm a time travel fan, if you've never listened to the podcast before, um, you're going to see that in a few of my suggestions today. Um, basically, this could be anything, you know, upstream color, and it's so intriguing to me what the potential of what it can become. And you can find the look, as I said, if you search images online, you can find the look of how this film is going to be, and um, basically, I'm hoping that he can improve upon Primer. Is it what one. what process is it up to? Is it in post production or? Well, it's it's must be basically nearly finished because okay. it's coming out at the Sundance okay. Film Festival. So yeah. I would say they've got at least a first cut, and sure. they're just improving it really. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really intrigued. No, it sounds fascinating. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it'll be fascinating. Like with names, character names like Sample and Sampler. You know, you get this kind of chemical, non-human vibe. You sure. know, like it could all take place in a factory, and I don't know what it's going to be. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. I'll move over to you, Lloyd. What is your suggestion for Lincoln um, by Steven Spielberg. This is getting a lot of big buzz. Daniel Day-Lewis helms um, as the main actor. Well, he's playing Lincoln, mm-hmm. obviously. And I think it's produced by Martin Scorsese as well. I could be wrong. Michael Mann, I thought, maybe. Oh, Michael Mann. Ooh. <laughs> um, Might have been Michael Mann. Yeah. Don't quote uh, me. Uh, whenever you get a big buzz film like this, and they've been in the working for a lot, you also, you also get these b-grade sort of movies that come out i don't want to put it in the same boat but i'm pretty sure uh vampire lincoln vampire hunter um was one of those like abraham lincoln abraham lincoln it's just stupid and um uh, there's all these other made for tv lincoln sort of things i hope it doesn't kill the momentum this film is getting Mm. um so it should be interesting i I don't like much of spielberg's work in the recent years Uh, as i said i think jaws is his best film it's one of my favorite films jaws you didn't like warhorse oh god (laughs) (laughs) um and you know Tintin was okay and everything but this seems like I don't know it's return to form return to form he's got Daniel Day-Lewis I I can see him stuffing this up majorly but I'm really excited nevertheless to, to watch it um, because I, I'm a huge Daniel Day-Lewis fan I think he's the best actor in the world at the moment um, with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino although those guys haven't aren't back to form to what they originally were and I reckon they could easily make another Taxi Driver make another Raging Bull or Godfather but because of their absence in that league, they haven't made... Like, the, I think their last film, uh, um, what's his name, Al Pacino was in, was Jack and Jill. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> so, but Daniel Day-Lewis, consistently great. Best actor in the world at the moment, so I can't wait to see it. Yes, and also Liam Neeson was originally going to play Lincoln oh, for right. um, Spielberg. So now Daniel Day-Lewis stepping in was because Liam Neeson felt he'd become too old for the part. He was actually, I think, the age... Lincoln was when he was shot, and then he got older, and he thought, "I'm too old for too this." Too old, sure. Yeah, Liam which is, Neeson. Yeah, cool. <laughs> it would have been cool. Yeah. Well, they worked together in um, what is it? Um, Schindler's List. So. Oh, I see. There's yeah. that connection. Yep. But yes, I, I I'm hopeful as well that Spielberg can return to form with um with Lincoln. Um. Not a Warhorse fan either, Lloyd. And if you're a listener of this podcast, you know. <laughs> Dear me. All right. Well, the next one I'm looking forward to is a remake which is always dangerous a hollywood remake always dangerous but it's such an interesting film the original that it feels like i'm not going to spoil any of it but it feels like it could be a really really good remake what's a remake now the film is old boy oh i love that movie yes (laughs) the korean film from 2003 it's directed by the best korean director in the world park i can't even pronounce his name but um, he recently did a film on an iPhone, which mm-hmm. is such heroic for me because anyone who's seen my films on HaleyStales.com knows I shoot a lot of my films on an iPhone. So that was really exciting. 
they're making a remake of Old Boy. That's like Korea's greatest movie. It's mm. it's so good. It's very violent. Um, not for everyone, but it is an excellent movie done with the highest level degree of craftsmanship. Like the director's a genius. He's an absolute genius. And you should definitely see the original before <laughs> anybody ruins anything about it because this is like, yeah, um, very intriguing and um, like the plot is a man is basically imprisoned for years and years and gassed regularly. You know. Um, and it's there's such a level of intrigue about why it's happening and and what is this world. Yeah, there's that no synopsis in. that could describe the film for you. It's like the Matrix; you have to see it to to know what it is. Yes, and I believe he's he's trapped in this room for like at least fifteen years, so it's like quite an epic tale. And yes, very well executed. Although, as you say, ultra violent. Um, it's not for everyone, but no. it's it, nevertheless, it's a great, well done film. So, like Pulp Fiction, not yes. for everyone, but you can spot the genius um, behind the uh, the camera. And in the new remake, directed by Spike Lee. Okay, yeah. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's it's got credibility right yeah. there from you. Uh, you've got Samuel L. Jackson. We've got Josh Brolin. I believe he will be the lead, and Elizabeth Olsen who uh, is the Olsen sister who can act and is continuing to act. She's from Martha Marcy May Marlene, the lead, which is another one we've had on this podcast. You know, I want to have a reaction like I did when David Fincher was announced to direct Girl with a Dragon Tattoo because I wasn't all for that remake at all until I heard who was directing it. Mm-hmm. I, I still am against this because Old Boy is such a great, great Korean film. I don't know. It just feels like it shouldn't be... I don't know. I think they're going to make it for a new generation, though. Because I think the current generation, like, though you and I have watched the Korean film, people are against subtitles, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's this... That's disappointing. It's this yeah. kind of... It's this world where only real film fans will go out and seek... I just want to get this out of the way. I I know uh, it seems by looking at our podcast um, film list that we do a lot of American films. Dave and I are very well versed in European films. I've seen a lot. Um, So, and especially Asian cinema and Japanese cinema and so forth. Um, I've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of those movies. So we're not against subtitled movies at all. No, no, no. But I think, um, like, as people come through film school, as this younger generation that's on Twitter, that everybody with this short attention span, people aren't going to give films like this a chance. Sure. Especially as old boy, it improves as the film goes on. So if you lose somebody in the first 10, 15 minutes and you go, ah, I'm not interested in this. Maybe they watch it on TV and by the first ad break, they say, I don't want to watch this anymore, Mm. you know. This might be the remake that lets people discover the old film. You know, that people go, oh, the remake was better. No way, I love the new one. Maybe I'll love the old one, you know. Sure. I just feel like there's a level of intrigue. And for this podcast... It's films we're looking forward to. It's upcoming films for 2013. So, you know, just uh, it's good to, to touch base and do oh, these. I'm excited, I guess. But uh, Old Boy is a special place to me. It's it's one of my top five films of the last ten years. Yeah, that's how mm. high I'd put it on my list. So you think they'll ruin it? <sighs> Spike Lee will ruin it? No, I can't say that. I think Spike Lee is David Fincher good, you know. Mm. So yeah, mm. interesting. But that that Josh, um, did you say Josh, Josh Brolin? Wow, he's a great actor. So oh, I love his performance as young Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. I haven't 3. seen it. I loved him I in No Country for Old Men, and I loved it. He played uh, George Bush great. Oh, that was in a very w- underrated role. W- yeah, yeah, true. And that's the thing. He's he's constantly improving. I mm. think. Yep. Anyway, I will throw it over to you for one that has been 
deeply debated on the internet. <laughs> well, as we all um, have found out recently, uh, Disney has bought the rights for Star Wars, which is huge, huge news. News, And I think it's great. I think Disney handles all their subjects with great respect, and they don't muck around. They do it with the utmost professionalism, and they get the best guys for the job. My examples of that... Um, the Avengers, Marvel, uh, Marvel, all that. Look what they've done to Marvel. They're going to do brilliant with um, Star Wars. I have all the faith in the world. There's- What's worrying is like George Lucas came up with episodes seven, eight, and nine, and you're looking forward to seven, right? Yeah, it's beyond nine that I'm wondering about because this move, Lucas says, is so it can live on past George Lucas, yep. and become this ongoing thing. And for Disney. That means that they can make another film every couple of years, two, three years. Well, the universe of Star Wars has been set. You can do so much with it. There was an MMO that came out, Star Wars of the Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic or something like that. But there were these two short films that were made um, as a trailer to get people into the game. You guys can watch it on YouTube. They're fantastic. They're better than all the uh, episode one, two, and three put together, in my opinion. (laughs) So there's so much they can do with the universe. I heard people say the books are better than some of the movies, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of 4, 5, and 6 when I was a kid. I didn't like 1, 2, and 3 at all. I think um, the biggest thing with this buyout that's going to happen, uh, I do believe Disney's going to release a special edition of the original, and I'm talking original, um, 4, 5, and 6, not the cleaned-up version. So you'll see that in widescreen on Blu-ray eventually, which will be very exciting. Episode 7, um, rumoured to have Matthew Vaughn, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, the guy who directed Cowboys and Aliens and Iron Man 2, John, John Favreau, Favreau. Um, and these high-level guys, you know. George Lucas, um, he only directed a couple of films, THX, American Graffiti, and Star Wars Episode Four. He's diabetic, and that really affected his directing. He really didn't even want to direct Star Wars um, Episode Four, and he didn't direct Five and Six. It wasn't until technology increased that he was able to return and do one, two, and three, and they were terrible. Um, some say, you know... <laughs> he did Red Tails late, lately, which I believe was a, a plane film. Oh, like, I've seen about that. pilots. Yeah. I don't think he directed it. Didn't direct it? No, he didn't direct it. it. he did. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a, that looked terrible, that movie. Um, but George Lucas, take nothing away from his he's created a great universe. I think Disney are going to do wonderful with the Star Wars Episode Seven. Um, they got a great, great... Um, uh, director's list that they can choose from. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think they're going to do a great job, and Disney are going to make a ton of money with this. <laughs> this is, they're playing the long game because they're going to keep making them and keep making. And money. they're going to make great, great films as long as they get a good direct, a very good director, and a very good scriptwriter and a good cast, which Disney's renowned for doing. They're going to do great with this. Um, do you want to speculate on the story? Like, um, you know, is it going to be like about? Princess Leia and Han Solo's kids and Luke's kids. And I stuff. think I posted something from Reddit on Facebook, which got so many likes, and it's got Justin Bieber playing Luke. Uh, uh, Princess Leia, I think, is by Britney Spears, and then uh, Han is played by um, what's that kid in the High School Musical? Zach Efron. Zach Efron. <laughs> and it's such a brilliant picture. Whoever did that on Reddit is just absolutely fantastic. But no, I guys, um, when Disney buys something, they don't muck around like i know everyone pictures the mickey mouse guys and everything no they're, they're not going to fool around they're going to do a brilliant job with this and it's going to be amazing yeah well does disney still own pixar i'm not sure because i mean they're really dominating if they own pixar well that's the big Marvel. argument um when you when it when a big company buys out a smaller company well lucas arts is definitely not a small company uh not a little company anyway the price being four billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> and 
you say that with your little pinky and mm. <laughs> um the 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 danger is that you get these major conglomerates that just buy up everything so there's only four companies in the world producing movies that's the biggest danger and you guys got to remember where all these great great directors came from they came from Roger Corman the independents it's the independents that create the um the next generation of people you got to give those guys a go you got to get you got to get them started on the little horror movie so they can make all their mistakes learn all what works and everything and then they grow into be Spielberg friends Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, they come from the independence. By having everything corporatized, um, you run the risk of destroying the next generation. But um, that's the risk with, yeah, Disney and everything buying everything. But as for this film, Star Wars Episode 7, I have all the faith in the world. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be absolutely excellent. I think they will take a huge amount of care because they don't want an episode one, two, three again. They want to say, this is episode 7, and there'll be two more you can look forward to. Yeah. You know, they want to put a lot of eggs in this basket to get everybody who hated 1, 2, and 3, like yourself, back on board. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's going to be a big gamble, but I think that this will be handled by so many people that it almost it's too big to fail you it's know too like big to fail it, yeah. yeah like imagine if they get a christopher nolan type guy onto it like he said just... he said no <laughs> oh do they did ask him yes. for Star Wars? Chris- really christopher nolan's like oh no i don't need Star Wars. <laughs> i mean he doesn't does he? oh my god no no that's not a quote by the way that's me summarizing <laughs> he would have said it more in an english eh? yeah. <laughs> i can't do it no, <laughs> can't do it justice but all right. Well, yes, I hope you're right. I hope Star Wars Episode 7 is awesome. And as um, with Episodes 2 and 3, every now and then they put a, like a web camera or something on the set. You know, as cast is announced, story is announced, director is announced, they're gonna, it's going to be an ongoing process. Everyone's going to just speculate about everything forever until it comes out. So I think it's not the last we'll hear about it. What do you reckon? <laughs> no. <laughs> the internet is for talking about the new Star Wars film and also probably porn. That's, <laughs> that's what everyone's doing. All right. Well, my next film that I'm looking forward to, X-Men Days of Future Past. Due out in 2014, so I'm cheating a little bit. But um, what I love about this film, Days of Future Past implies time travel. Initially, I was like, that's intriguing. This is obviously the sequel to X-Men First Class, which was um, the one where Michael Fassbender plays Magneto and uh, James McAvoy is the young Charles Xavier. So they're throwing it back to the 70s and stuff I'm so uh, ashamed to say this I haven't even seen First Class I heard that it's back in form it's really good it is quite good yeah it's it's very solid because I hated the third one (laughs) yes X-Men The Last Stand thank you uh, what's his name Brett Brett Ratner Brett Ratner (laughs) thank you Brett Um, but the thing is three spoilers for X-Men here guys if you haven't seen it you probably don't want to see it because it seems like a real fanboy kind of movie but just so you know I'm going to throw out some spoilers. I love X-Men, by the way. The cartoon series and the comic books. Yeah. So, me too. I've been reading comics, like uh, X-Men especially, for years. So, um, in 3, they kill off a lot of people. And um, one of them is Professor Xavier, obviously the leader of the X-Men. Though there is a hint after the credits of um, him maybe being alive in another form. They also managed to kill off Cyclops and uh, Jean Grey, which these are all massive figures in the x-men world and so by throwing it back to like a prequel kind of series with james mcavoy as uh, charles xavier what you get is this kind of really cool um you know you get to bring back everybody in a way you get to see beast become beast and like magneto before he was magneto 
and Charles Xavier walking around before he's in a wheelchair. Um, anyway, so Jennifer Lawrence, who plays Mystique, Mystique's more of a goodie in this, you know, kind of thing, like, before she turns any kind of bad. Um, it's really intriguing to me to see this early run of the X-Men. You can do whatever you want with them now. No characters are dead. And if you throw in this time travel element, they've actually done a big thing in uh, December 2012. What they did was they cast Patrick Stewart, is signed on, to reprise cool. his role as Charles Xavier, and Ian McKellen has reprised his is reprising they were like the best two actors you could ever hope for for yes. those two roles but also young magneto young xavier are both in the same film so if there is an element of time travel i'm hoping they can throw it forward and somehow keep xavier alive and also maybe eliminate all the events from x-men the last like end. ignore it do what they yeah. did with um highlander 2 just ignore it <laughs> just cut, cut it out somehow you know yeah just stop those events immediately i loved x-men 2 i thought that was fantastic nightcrawler was amazing yeah, yeah. nightcrawler was amazing but that whole uh gene uh, the whole cyclops and wolverine and for the love of gene that was fantastically played there as it is in the comics and the cartoon and it was a great um villain with um a striker or whatever his name was um he, he was a great great villain mm-hmm. and the third one just flushed everything that all the great stuff that was built on that franchise just down the toilet and it was even hurt by wolverine that's what sort of gave i gave up on the whole x-men movie transition i just thought oh well this franchise is over yeah, um, but everyone difficult. tells me everyone tells me first class is really good so mm. i really got to watch it and i'm also pleased they didn't choose a title like second class which would have been insulting or first class part two which would have been complicated (laughs) that they've gone for like x-men days of future past and um i've high hopes for it because of how well the first one was handled i don't know but i think michael vaughan did the first okay sure so he'll be Um, signed on yeah well i don't know that he has sure we'll wait and see um it's probably available i just haven't looked it up but just the thing that grabbed me was the press release where uh somebody tweeted about it that um old and young Magnetos and Xavier's are in there so for me that's that's the thing that's going to hold this movie together even if it's not till the end of the film that the older ones appear it ties all the films together this way if you have the same cast it's so disappointing that like Brian Singer could have done it but for whatever reason he went off and did uh, a blunderous um, Superman but like very rare you get a Christopher Nolan he'll do a whole franchise and take care of it and you know when you're in good hands mm. um, we got Joss Whedon who might do Avengers 2 and a third one possibly um, with the X-Men it's disappointing to hear like I, I hear so much about Matthew Vaughn um, it's disappointing to hear that he might not do the second X-Men I don't know I just haven't looked it up he, sure he could yeah. be signed on like yep. don't take my word and he could be it. doing a trilogy sort of thing he might yeah. be yeah. yeah yeah definitely but um Again, there's the time travel element in there. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the next men. <laughs> the film I'm looking forward to next is uh, World War Z by Mark Forster, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. This is an epic, big, massive film starring Brad Pitt about zombies. So it's a zombie apocalypse, big Hollywood production starring Brad Pitt. The trailer looks fantastic. I personally think it won't be a great movie. I don't think Mark Forster's up to direct an action film. I hear so many bad things about Quantum of Solace, <laughs> but I hear great things about Finding Neverland, both of which I haven't seen. And he's also done um, Stranger Than Fiction, I believe. Stranger Than Fiction, yeah. I, I don't think... Uh, being an action direct- director, you've got to be on a different level, and I don't think he's proven that with Quantum of Solace. But from what I've seen in the trailers, I'm really keen to check this out. It could be like 
like an I am legend like on a big scale sort of thing like that mm-hmm. um, but l- the trailer looks fantastic go check it out but I don't know too much about this film it sounds interesting I've heard a lot of um, rumblings that it's going to be good but um, I think most Brad Pitt films get a lot of hype so it'll be interesting to see whether oh, he's, he's bankability all over him mm. <laughs> yeah. and as well I, I got the feeling it was going to be like maybe Inglorious Bastards kind of thing because sure. him as a soldier and there's a lot of fighting and stuff going on have you on. seen the trailer? I have not he's a real family man and oh, it's, is he? It's, uh, it's so much like I Am Legend you know where he's okay. it, it, it's um, you know where Will Smith gets his family to the helicopter and the helicopter takes off it's as if the film's taken from that point where people are trying to get off from the cities and stuff like okay, that okay and there's zombies yeah. everywhere yeah there's zombies everywhere exactly okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Well, I'm going to move on to uh, Brad Pitt's Buddy George Clooney, <laughs> which, um, you know, it's hard not to hate George Clooney. No, he's, he's very good. Got himself some Oscars, and uh, this next film, um, he's directing The Monuments Men. It's due out in 2014, but I get the feeling this is going to be one of those films that has Oscar buzz from an early point. Now, I'll give you the synopsis. In a race against time, a crew of art historians and museum curators unite to recover renowned works of art stolen by Nazis before Hitler destroys them. So initially, you've got Hitler. Oh, it's a period piece. Yeah. Oh, okay. Famous artworks. This has a Boxing Day release date, which you know is like the prime positioning for films. Um, Besides George Clooney, we've got Kate Blanchett. Daniel Craig is wow. in this film. Bill Murray makes an oh. appearance. John Goodman's in this film. And the artists, Jean Dujardin, who has an Academy Award for our Best Actor. So initially, the cast alone is something to make you stand I'm going to show you Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we're taking They're ben both Affleck. very um, handsome actors, very powerhouse actors, and they're both very good directors you know yes and yeah. everything George Clooney does I'm very intrigued by when he directs um what was that Sam Rockwell film um about the game show guy I'm drawing a blank on what the title is it's not Quiz Show is it he didn't direct no, Quiz no, Show no it's an old um film. there was a one he did The Good Night and Good Luck I'm pretty sure he directed that one on mm. the, um oh my gosh I can't remember <laughs> that's alright I, I can't remember what it is but it's about the game show host um, I can't remember the title I'm sure you're all shouting at it at the <laughs> podcast but mental blank these things happen George Clooney is a very competent director and there's so many shots in that film um, that just you know blow your mind sort of thing and I, I have full faith in George Clooney to direct he's just been so competent and I think he might have directed if I'm remembering correctly that um football movie it's not Leatherheads is it um jeez oh, I'm not really sure jo- George Clooney often works with um Steven Sodenberg as we discussed over and over we're both it's big section fans eight. of Sodenberg I think um, Section 8 is his um directed his production uh, company yes yes and um and his counterpart Brad Pitt has Plan B <laughs> yeah so I've just looked it up because it's annoying me uh Leatherheads was the film the I've football never even film heard of it. Wow. Okay. um but Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is a Sam Rockwell film and it's like Drew Barrymore's in it as well it's cameo appearance from um, Matt Damon and Brad Pitt just no lines very interesting and it's just this crazy like uh good first job directing you know like he's um he did the Ides of March with uh, Ryan Gosling yeah, recently yeah I still haven't seen that yeah, yeah no that for a, like a political thriller so interesting and as well like very worthy of all the praise it's getting um so yeah always good to see um george clooney 
getting um, yeah. directing, sitting in the directing chair. I think he's acting in this one as well, The Monuments Men. Sure. So uh, all very positive when he acts and directs. So yeah, looking forward to The Monuments Men. And I'll throw it over to you, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next one I'm looking forward to is Sin City uh, 2 yep. um, by Robert Rodriguez and, well, it's co-directed by Frank Miller. Now, what happened with this is a lot of buzz. People always ask me, what happened to Sin City 2? Sin City 1 was a very good success. Very, It wasn't a big, massive blockbuster success, but it was a very solid success. Robert Rodriguez is renowned for making very low-budget movies and getting a high profit. Like, what he does with... Um, with uh, Spy Kids franchise, he's made absolute squillions for Miramax, so they trust him with anything. And he turns around films like Machete, and um, I think Machete Two, he's even working on, and they and uh, Planet Terror, and they've he's got a high level cast. And the reason he can get such a high level cast is because he can schedule him in for half a day, and then work him in. Like an, uh, one actor might be available on a Wednesday, another actor might be available on a Friday. Yet they share the same scene. He is so good. He's probably the greatest economical director of all time. Yes. And it seems like they're in the same scene together as if they've been working on that film for like two months. Yet they were only there for half a day. He's like the best to doing that Sin City 2 fell into disaster when Frank Miller directed The Spirit The Spirit was such a terrible movie that the um, producers just went um yeah, we're not going to even bother about... Um, we're not even going to bother making the Sin City 2 or, or anything like that. So um, it's been in oblivion at the moment, and but finally... Um, it apparently it's been given the green light that yeah Sin City 2 is going to go ahead and they're going to do an adaptation of A Dime to Kill For A Dame to Kill For A Dame to Kill For oh my gosh I, I've read the books as well yeah the graphic novels Yeah, were you a fan of Sin City? Um, yes I really liked the first one and uh, I didn't even realise you know some of the changes that have been made until I read the graphic novel sure. sort of thing um, for the Sin City um, yeah but Robert Rodriguez for me is one of the best directors like um, one of the most inspiring directors yeah. if you will uh, it's it's the fact that he makes films and seems to have enough money left over to make another film yeah, afterwards. Sure, it's that it feels like when they shot Once Upon a Time in Mexico, like Johnny Depp was just like, oh, I'll hang around and I'll just play another part. Yeah, of uh, like the guy in Confession or whatever yeah. it was with the beard. And, yeah, yeah, and um, just in terms of like inspirations, I think any of the special features on any DVDs, of Robert Rodriguez's yeah. DVDs are going to be, um, you know, what you want to listen to. And his audio commentaries are fantastic. Definitely. So uh, the next film I want to recommend is a bit of a departure. It's an animated kids film, and me being a dad, I'm always looking out for the new animated kids films, because now we're going to have to, uh, you know, house so many of those, you know, regularly going to get a spin in the DVD player or Blu-ray player. And um, the one that I'm looking forward to, I think, the most, it does have another time travel element. So it's called Turkeys, and it's coming out probably Boxing Day 2014 is the loose locked-in date. And its um, producer is Scott Mosier, who did uh, Clerks, and um, produces with Kevin Smith all the time, and so that's sort of how Is I it going to be adult humour, or...? Oh, well, look, uh, he's producing, he's not, sure. you know, writing it or directing it. For some reason it. I'm getting um, uh, the, the image in my mind, those guys who did Wallace and Gromit, and they made that chicken movie with Chicken, Mel Run. Gi- Chicken Run yeah, yeah yeah for some reason I'm getting that in my head well it's not going to be claymation I think it's it's going to be in 3D so I think it's going to be more like of Toy like Story a Toy Story and, Monsters yeah. Inc kind of thing I think it's Blue Sky but I'm not 100% sure, sure. Um, but the plot uh, it stars Owen Wilson and Woody Harrelson as two turkeys that time travel back 
to the first Thanksgiving and try and take turkey off the menu. You know, they're, they're trying to basically save their own lives, yeah. save their skins, because everyone wants a turkey for Thanksgiving kind yeah. of thing, you know. So it sounds like an original premise. I mean, we haven't seen a film like this where nobody really has a Thanksgiving movie besides people retelling the story of how Thanksgiving came to be. You know, there's no element of change in in that story. It's yeah. like how it is. And um, I think it could be just, just funny and original enough to work, yeah. really. Um, yeah, turkeys. So one to look out for. I'm, I'm intrigued. They're going to make it as funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, well, they've got ages to come up with this stuff. You know, it's like 2014. It's got to be all written. They're animating. Everything takes a long time. Yeah. You know, but this is the kind of thing that you can see being up for an Oscar, you know, and... Um, like cars and stuff like yeah, that. The yeah, the animated uh, Oscar. So, yeah, yeah. It's a while away yet. But I like the idea of combining time travel with children, uh, children's kids' films. It's interesting you know. with kids' films. Kids can watch movies like 25 times yeah. over and over again. So, yeah, you're going to probably be watching it a lot if you uh, <laughs> like it. Yeah. If my daughter winds up liking it. Yeah. I, I know Thanksgiving is not as prevalent in Australia. You know, we don't care as much. But, yeah. I mean, things from America tend to trickle down to Australia like we're heavily influenced yeah. by um, their culture. So, I mean, Halloween was really big in 2012. Like, I heard lots of people got dressed up and trick-or-treated. Nobody came to my door. No one came to my door as well. No, but, like, uh, Facebook was, like, blowing up with pictures of people, you know, I personally love Halloween. I, I love that holiday. It's just so disappointing how we don't celebrate it here. Yeah, well, I'm saying we kind of did. Yeah. Like, we've got nothing really, no business having sure. Halloween in Australia, but th- yet there it is. Yeah. You know? Anyway. Uh, down to the last one, Lloyd. Well, this is an interesting one. I'm really looking forward to this independent movie that was made, and he's a famous web um, star uh, making this web series called The Angry Video Game Nerd, and it's actually The Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie, and I actually contributed this in his Kickstarter account. Okay. I, I gave a few dollars, and I got a signed picture um, by him, which is kind of cool. I kind of wish I got, uh, gave more. You get more... Um, perks um if yes, you do I've that. Seen that i think it's a really good way of funding films yeah i've, like, I've done that for a few uh yeah. david lynch project um the pink power ranger amy Jo johnson I've, I've contributed to her i'm stalking her on twitter so <laughs> um and then of course um the angry video game nerd who i'm a big fan of he's a big hero to me in the web world like i've tried to break into the internet world with my own web series or web shows or whatever and uh, James Rolfe, who's the director, is just head and shoulders above everyone. Um, it's not for everyone. Uh, like, his tastes are pretty crude, I guess, but he's a very passionate filmmaker, which is what I love. And it, lo- it looks interesting. Like, I contributed to this, so I feel like, you You're know, part I- I'm part of it, you know, so I can't wait to see how it comes out. The trailer looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, but I, d- I just can't wait till it's released um, next uh, next year, w- which is when it's scheduled to be released. Mm, fantastic. So is there a plot, or is it just yeah. him angrily doing a video game? <laughs> We're doing it, no, um, the famous cult around uh, video games is the story of the E.T. video game. Um, when E.T. was released, the movie Atari um, came out with a, a video game. I think it was the first license, one of the first licensed video game um, adaptations of a movie. 
um, to the console market of Atari, and the poor guy who created it was only given a short time to make it. It's regarded to be the worst video game of all time, and they didn't know how to market it because it was so bad. They ended up getting a lot of the cartridges and just burying them somewhere in Mexico. Wow. So apparently, people have been digging up, you know, old these old cartridges of ET, and they're going for lots on eBay apparently. Huh. Um, and the whole um, movie centers around that, and how is a government conspiracy to get rid of it? Has a code in it or something? I don't know, but it, it looks fantastic. It, it's mainly for the fans of his web series, definitely, and it's just a big achievement to see someone go from a web series to finally making a hundred thousand. Although that's nothing in movie terms, a hundred thousand dollar movie and getting it up there. So I can't wait for that. Hmm, very nice, very yeah. impressive. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, obviously, we've listed a bunch of films we're looking forward to, but we're happy to hear what you're looking forward to and what you would like us to do in 2013. Um, if there's a film halfway through the year, end of the year, something that you're hanging out to see, shoot us a note. You can find our Facebook, our Twitters, everything like that through the website, which, again, is www.podmeifyoucan.com. As always, have a great 2013. Looks like the world didn't end, Lloyd. Yeah, I got to watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> Which is always good when the world continues. So, uh, yes, look forward to doing many more of these podcasts in 2013. Okay, thanks, guys. All the best.